0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Wanna Be Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. And today we have another interview. I have here Roberto Robles. Hey, Roberto, everything good with you? Yeah, everything great, Tiago. How are you? Super good. Thank you so much for taking your time, um, your Friday time, to, to speak with me. Uh, off, off the record, I was uh, telling Roberto that uh, it was already Friday evening, but actually for you, it's Friday morning, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's pretty, well, it's kind of early in the morning, 9 a.m., so it's, it's good.
0: 9 a.m. is really morning for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way I uh, met Roberto was actually through a wannabe entrepreneur. His name is Maxwell and he's an active member of our community. And uh, he's always on a uh, product hand. I think that's where he found you, Roberto. And he told me, okay, Tiago, you need to speak with Roberto because he's the SEO master. And uh, Roberto <laughs> also has a very, a lot, he's building a lot of products, one of which is called Catlinks. And it's an amazing tool for bootstrappers and uh, founders to basically manage the SEO and help them rank their websites higher on Google and in the search engines. We are going to be speaking about SEO techniques, and I have so many questions to ask you, Roberto, so thank you so much. But uh, first of all, I would like to ask for you in your own words to speak a little bit about yourself, about your uh, entrepreneur journey here to the Wannabe Entrepreneurs.
1: Uh, first of all, thanks for the invitation. And yeah, thank you also for for Max for introducing us. Uh, he's a good friend. We're connected there on Twitter as well, So so happy to be here. So, yeah, let me tell you a little bit about myself. So I started a long time ago. I'm I'm 43 right now, um, and I'm a little old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I started when I was 17. So my first business, which was kind of like my business, my, I mean, my dad helped me out, but I was running it. I used to build and sell computers and also, also fixed computers here locally. We set up a small shop, and, and we were you know doing that. It was fun. Didn't make a lot of money, but it was fun. Uh, but later on, I started getting a lot, a lot more into the technical part of computers, like not just fixing and building computers, like also everything related to networking, servers, uh, routers, some stuff more, a little bit more advanced. And I got a job working there uh, in a local company that used to do uh, server installations, and I learned a lot there. Uh, then I moved on to another, uh, company, a hospital, a private hospital, and I came in as the assistant for the IT department. And within a year, I was the head of, of IT in the hospital. And I was there for about four, four years, I think. So it was a good run. It was a good job. Um, it was fun. I was learning a lot, but something happened when I was 26, 26, 27. So by that time, I kind of got tired of the hardware. Um, I, I didn't wanna work on that anymore. Not that I didn't like it, it's just that I wanted to do something different. Uh, so I started learning how to create websites. That's how I got started with marketing. I just started building websites. I learned how to create websites. I created a couple of them for me and then I found uh, a, a client that needed a website, uh, a, a plastic surgeon, a friend of mine recommended uh, me to him. So I started mm-hmm. building a website for him. And that's how I got started, really. Um, the, the turning point was when I noticed that uh, the clients that I was making websites for, it was nice, they had websites, but they were not actually working to grow the business because yeah. they were not getting traffic. So that's when I came to the realization that having a website, it's meaningless if you can't drive traffic to it. So somehow by mistake, I got into SEO, And that's how I started working there. Uh, I I was a freelancer for a while. Then I got a job at a a marketing agency. I was the head of of the department in the agency. I was running that for a while. And then I decided just, uh, you know, give it up and go back to freelancing on my own.
0: Uh, Did you went to school or like studied software engineering? Or did you just like learn all of this by doing and reading?
1: No, no. So I learned everything by reading. Um... The first part, so when I was 17, I, I learned how to build computers, install software like that. Everything from, because, I mean, the internet wasn't like really huge as it is right now. Mm-hmm. So I learned everything from magazines. Uh, uh, there were wow. some local magazines. There was one called Computer Edge, and mm-hmm. that showed you how to build computers and install software. Were they,
0: were they in in Spanish or English? In English, in English. I guess, I don't know if we mentioned, but you are based in Mexico, right? Tijuana? So
1: yeah, I'm in Mexico. I'm in the northern part of Mexico next to, uh, on the west side, um, right across the border from San Diego. So literally, I'm like 10 minutes away from San Diego.
0: Was it easier for you being in Tijuana to learn about hardware and computers than someone maybe in uh, Mexico City or a bit further from the border? Or is it the same? You know
1: what? I think that when that happened, I'm going to say Yes. If it was today, I think that today the Internet has grown so much yeah, that, yeah. you know, distance and barriers and, and, and political lines mean nothing now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think that now it doesn't really make a difference. But back then, I think it, it, it did. Um, one of the reasons was that, I mean, most of the technical information or knowledge actually came in English from the U.S.,
0: and what about the language, uh, learning English? Is it something that is common in, in school there?
1: At least here in the border city of Tijuana, uh, right. as yeah. far as I remember, uh, from early grades, we, we always had uh, English classes in school. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, because uh, I haven't checked, but I'm not sure if that's something that happens in other cities in Mexico. But at least here, it's pretty common that English is part of the, of the classes mm-hmm. that we get now. What I remember, uh, if people always ask me, how did you learn English? I have no idea. I just remember knowing <laughs> English since growing up. Because when I was going to school, uh, like like early, early years in school, I already knew English. Like I, I got bored in class because mm-hmm. I already knew English and everything. everyone else was yeah. just, you know, trying to learn. Um, so I probably learned f- from very little. So I think it's, I just yeah, grew yeah. up in next to the language.
0: I mean, English is definitely the language of the internet and uh, in the language of software engineering, for sure, especially in the beginning. So it's, it's always great. I always advise everyone to, to learn it. So you have your own agency. When did you start Catlinks? Is it, is it your, your most recent project Catlinks?
1: It, It is, it is the most recent so far. So yeah, I, I posted on Twitter. It's actually pinned to my profile. A little story of how, how I got started with SaaS and how I, Failed, you know, miserably with it uh, up until now. So basically, as I said, I I started the agency about fifteen years ago. Um, just as a, as a side note, I originally my agency we used to do everything. We used to be a full blown, you know, uh, marketing agency. So we offered all of the services related to to digital marketing from. SEO to uh social media to email marketing web design even logo design we did everything ah, digital photography. It's
0: not only SEO; it's a big not browser. just SEO,
1: yeah. but but around the year 2016, I was doing like an overview of the business, and I noticed that uh, without even trying, already like 70 of my clients were related to SEO, mm. and that was bringing in the most income for the agency, and it was in and. and the other 30% was a lot of services that were really time consuming. So SEO was the service that was bringing in more income, but it was also providing a better return between the time spent, you know, providing the service. So mm-hmm. at that point, I decided to rebrand the agency to what it is right now, that it's called CatRank. And we went full in on just SEO. About six months into it, we also added Google Ads because Google Ads and SEO go hand in hand. Uh, mm-hmm. But we don't offer any other services. So right now, if someone comes and says, hey, Roberto, can you build a website for me? I just tell them I don't. Uh, not because I don't know how to. I create my mm-hmm. own websites and my team can create websites, but it's not the core of our business. So I did that. We we focused on one service or two services, and then I structured in a way where I can train my team to take care of most of the day-to-day. I just you know have to do with, with client meetings, invoicing, or general overview of the project, see what the t- team is doing. But Really, I think that most of the work it's done done by the team because I I systemized everything and and mm-hmm. they know what they have to do to to make the projects work. You are just managing it, it. exactly. Mm-hmm. So what I found out after doing that is that I suddenly had a lot of time on my hands.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: So I said, like, what do I do now? Like, I can uh, rest, course, or <laughs> or I can do something else. And since I've been a, an avid um, uh, listener of podcasts, I'm, I'm I'm I. I do a lot of audiobooks and podcasts. That's that's what yeah. I like to listen. Same. Uh, recently, I started you know, moving away from business stuff, and I'm going more into sci-fi books and stuff, but well, I'm getting off topic. The thing is that <laughs> I was listening a lot to podcasts, and I started going through all of the podcasts from Nathan Latka. You've probably heard about him. Um, so I started kind of getting the itch of do something with software, and I was like, okay, what can I do? Because I, I have time. And the agency, even though it's not making me rich, but it's giving me enough money to make a living, pay the salary of my employees. And I have a little bit extra to include the salary of a developer. So I decided to hire a developer and he's working full time. He's been working full time for a long time now with me. So here's the thing. Uh, When I got started with the SEO agency, how I really got started doing SEO is because I had one client who was a dentist. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I started working on his website and I got him to the first page of Google pretty like pretty fast, probably within a year or less. And, you know, the, the common thing how this happens is that when you want to search, you want to see who is ranking for your keyword. Let's say you're another dentist. Right. And you want to see dentist near me who's ranking. Right. And then you see a dentist, a competitor of yours who's ranking on the first page of Google. And you're like, how did he do it? And then you go into his website and you scroll all the way down and you find my signature on that website. So suddenly I had a lot of dentists looking up uh, my services. And, and for, a mo- for a while there, I had a lot of client dentists that were trying to rank on Google. Uh, I kind of got pretty f- familiar with the dental industry regarding to how it worked and what marketing they needed and even how the internal process of managing patients and leads to turn them into patients mm-hmm. worked and everything like that. So with that knowledge, uh, when I decided to build a software uh, service, I said, you know what? I'm going to do a software for dentists because one of the things that I noticed is that most dentists here in Mexico have a lousy process of managing leads and turning them into patients and then patient follow-up. Like they they still do everything with, with a, a, a notepad and mm-hmm. a pen, you know, or use a basic calendar for appointments. Right. So, I said, I'm going to build something. I mean, there were some solutions out there, but they were not pretty well known. Uh, so I decided to build something. Uh, I started building the software. I had a couple of, I mean, with the clients that I had, I, I interviewed them, a couple of them, and and kind of they told me what, what they were using right now. But I never uh, got feedback from the ideas that I had. So I just listened to a couple of them and said, OK, I know what they need. Right. And that was a big mistake because I honestly yeah did that's, not that's what have I was a
0: thinking that's the yeah. a common mistake for uh, beginners and bootstrappers to basically yeah. build everything from their own mind without collecting feedback and then end up building something only for them that no one else uh, needs right
1: that's exactly what happened so I, I started coming up with features and I'm saying oh I'm pretty sure they're gonna need this and they and then if they are gonna need this then they are gonna need a, a calendar and then the calendar has to be have the ability. To, you know, do online scheduling where people can schedule by themselves. Like at the end, I was building uh, the software for over a year, never getting mm-hmm. the input from any user or getting any users into it. And at the end, we had a, a, a really big software application with a lot of features. And when I started getting people in them, nobody wanted to use it. So mm-hmm. that was the first the first huge mistake that I made that I never took into account what the users actually needed and just kind of figure it out because I thought I knew what they needed. Just because I had, I I, I was managing the the, the SEO and the marketing for them. I thought I knew what they needed, but I was, Mm -hmm. I was wrong. So that made me lose a lot of money and a lot of time that I was, that I spent on doing that. So I'm like, damn, not what now, what do I do? Uh, So I decided to build a second piece of software, (laughs) which was Uh, a CRM software. So I told my developer, you know, at the end, the, the, the dental software is nothing but a CRM, right? Just it has some features that are good for dentists, but it's still a CRM. So let's strip the dental related features. And we have a CRM and let's build upon that. And we did the CRM. And then I said, you know, what would be cool if the CRM also had a landing page builder, let's create a landing page builder. And then, you know, if, If it's a CRM, then you need email marketing. So let's build an email marketing platform within the CRM. Dude, that was another year wasted.
0: (laughs) Yes, I was already thinking about that.
1: (laughs) So it was horrible. I mean, yeah, I got probably a couple of users, you know, on the software. Uh, Most of the users that got into the software was because we had a feature for for invoicing so invoicing in mexico it's a really complicated compared to invoicing in another country right um you have to have a connection with the government uh system for the for the taxes that generates the legal invoices and stuff like that so we did that and that's the only reason why we got some of the users so at the end i probably should have built an invoicing platform and not a crm with a bunch of features
0: you're an expert in seo and you have an agency on SEO. Why yeah. did you start building something that is like, yeah? Why didn't you like immediately think, okay, let's build something for SEO? Like, what yeah, is the reasoning yeah. there? I have
1: no idea. I just never thought of it. I mean, <laughs> now that I look back on it, it's really stupid simple, right? I should have done that from the start. But I realized like two like two pieces of software, and two years later, that that's something that I should build. About <laughs> Yeah. So I said, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to build an SEO tool. Uh, But this time I wanted to do it differently. So I didn't build what I needed or what my agency needed. I wanted to build something that was simple to use and that it was inexpensive compared to other SEO tools out there and that that could provide value to the end user. The idea behind this was that I've been working in SEO for, you know, in general for the last 15 years or so. And we get clients, a lot of clients that want to hire us for, for work, but one, they Sometimes they can't afford what we charge, or they want to do stuff themselves. How much do you charge for it? Uh, we have different tiers, anywhere from $400 per month and above, depending on, on the amount of keywords so and the amount of It starts with $400. Yeah, starts at 400 mm-hmm. per month. So, I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, probably in some countries. Like if you go to look at for for the agency in the States, it's going to be like up to a hundred thousand dollars at least yeah, you yeah. know for a service so uh four hundred dollars it's it's a good price but still it might may not be affordable for a lot of businesses that are
0: starting up i think for a lot of bootstrappers that's not an option for exactly it. so yes. that's why i say,
1: well maybe i can build a piece of software a tool that can guide them yeah. but It's easy enough for them to do most of the stuff on their own and then kickstart their seo and do something simple with it which right. is 10 14 per month so they can work on it and by themselves
0: before, before we, go, we go there one question yeah. do you guarantee results oh no pay?
1: no <laughs> um, unfortunately not so that's something that we can't and, and i mean there's anyone that can guarantee that the only one can get that can guarantee the results if, if google was selling seo because they control the game right, right. so so no, if you bump into an agency that can guarantee results, just be careful because no, yeah, no one yeah. can guarantee results.
0: So so let's let's uh, understand yeah. what what is the use case. So, um, I come as a client, right? I have yeah. my my website. I, I I need to get SEO. I guess so. Someone told me about SEO. Let's say someone told me that like it's a great way to get some a passive way to get users, mm-hmm. and um, I want to do it. I I reach to your agency and say, hey, Roberto, and what, what questions do you ask me? Well, first, I need to understand what what
1: your business is about. So we don't take in any kind of business because if, if you know, SEO has to do with search volume. At the end, is, is are people searching for what you're selling? If people are not searching for that, then SEO is not for you. You need more of a strategy right. related to awareness and that's related to probably, you know, uh, cold email the, or social media, stuff like mm-hmm. that.
0: So let's say let's say that um, if, if you don't mind, we can yeah. even use my, my example. <laughs> uh, so let's say I, I have a climate change app. I have a, a website, uh, changeit.app, and uh, my app. I told, uh, my app is basically helping people to live a more sustainable lifestyle. Okay. Is SEO an option here?
1: If people are searching for whatever it is you're trying to sell, you're the software or the benefit of what you're trying to sell, yes. Uh, at the end, it's good to show up on Google search results because you know people tend to use Google also to figure out who you are and what you know about a certain topic. But if you want to connect it directly to sales, then you need to make sure that the keywords you're trying to rank for are actually... Uh, going to drive sales. That being said, I am uh, talking about direct keywords that are related to sales, but mm-hmm. you can also try to rank for and do SEO for more long tail terms where you're not actually driving people to you know download or buy your software, but know more about your topic and then discover you as an authority on that topic. And then eventually, you know, uh, get them into a funnel right. where they end up buying your software.
0: So one, in one hand, we have... The keywords to do direct sales, and this is let's take an example of my previous company, Trivago. they sell hotels uh hotel stay stay so you go and you search hotel Lisbon and then most likely you are looking for a hotel in Lisbon to buy right now, and uh, you find this website and you buy it. This is something that is direct sales right exactly yeah what what are the other words the long tail keywords? So let,
1: let's use an example like that because we we have some clients in the uh, in the um, tourism industry. So yeah. so we have some hotels there. So this, this same example, uh, let's say that someone's trying to rank to to promote their hotel. So hotel in Lisbon would be a great keyword. But if you want to go indirect, because probably there are a bunch of of, of portals that are already ranking on the first page for that. Mm-hmm. then you can go with long tail keywords. So for example, if you have a hotel, most likely there's a restaurant in your hotel, right? So if you do an article like the best 25 uh, restaurants in Lisbon, and then your hotel is the top one, of course, then that will drive traffic mm-hmm. to your website and it will you know, show people what they can do or where they can eat. Right. But you're indirectly promoting your own uh, hotel by mentioning your own restaurant and if you that would be like a keyword to try to rank for that it's more long tail and it definitely has has less keyword volume but it also is going to have less competition than a a more generic term like hotels plus city
0: but the percentage of people that were actually looking for a hotel is lower
1: definitely it's going to be lower so that's that's the main point of long tail keywords so it's when you use long tail keywords when you're you're not working on attracting people who are ready to buy right now, but mm-hmm. people that you want to get them into your funnel or at least that at a, an awareness point where they can, you know, get to know you.
0: It's more branding. Yeah, got exactly.
1: It. So yeah. long tail keywords are made to drive traffic from people that are not ready to buy, but you get them into your funnel or you, you set them up with your pixel or whatever it is. That you can eventually try to sell to them.
0: When, when I gave my example of change it, you told me that uh, we needed to, to see if people were actually searching for it. And yeah, uh, how do we actually see that? With Google Trends?
1: You can use Google Trends or you can use any any keyword research tool out there. Of course, I'd love it if you could use Catlinks. <laughs> but can, yeah, can you? you can, is it
0: possible also to use it with Catlinks? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So we have a keyword research tool and basically you input your your the name of your service or let's call it your seed keyword. And then it'll give you a list of related keywords along with search volume, competition level, average CPC if you were to bid on that on Google Ads. So that gives you the idea, an idea of how, ma- how many people or if there's a lot of people searching for a specific keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, search volume is just a metric that you can look at to understand if a lot of people are searching for it, but it's not like the definite key, uh, um, key metric. Uh, the most important part is the intent of the keyword. Uh, so, are people who use this keyword trying to buy something or not, or are they just researching? Because mm. if a keyword has a lot of keyword, or a lot of search volume, but it's not direct directed to sales, probably it's not a great keyword to target. It's a, a little too generic.
0: Can you give me an example?
1: So, yeah. So, for example, we have clients that I'll give you a yeah quick example. We have some corporate clients that sell uh, corporate software where if you look at their keywords, uh, I mean, I'm not going to mention anything specific, but if you you look up any of their keywords, they have a search volume of of 10, 20, 40. On average, that's like really low search volume and most Mm -hmm. businesses wouldn't even bother with keywords that small. But the thing is that there's not a lot of people searching for enterprise software. Like it's a, a really small number of people, but most of them are in a search intent mode where they wanna buy something or at least right. researching to buy Got something. It. So even though it's a small search volume, most of it converts
0: really well. How is search volume measured by the way? So that's, we, we kinda
1: don't know. That's a metric that Google gives us. So mm-hmm. you, you can you can get that even from Google ads if you go to the Keyword Planner. Uh, basically how what it tells you is that how many people per month look for a specific uh, search phrase in Google in in one single month. So for example, if you have a keyword with a thousand of search volume, that basically means that 1000 people search for that exact phrase. It may Mm -hmm. not seem like a lot, but that doesn't count like related keywords or if someone added another keyword to it, then it's not counted toward that. If you, for example, search for CRM software, it's going to give you a search volume, but that may not include if someone searched for how much is a CRM software, right? Mm-hmm. It's a different keyword.
0: So let's say we we try we go back to the example of uh, my app and we try climate change and we see a value of 500. Is that good or bad?
1: The thing is that search volume, it's it's kind of tricky. So for some industries and for some keywords, 500 might be a good number. For others, it may not be.
0: Right. Depending of, on the intent of actually doing exactly. something, right? Exactly. How do we measure that? Then? <laughs> oh,
1: the intent. Just look for the keyword. I mean, if someone searches for climate change, are they yeah. trying to buy something? Probably not. They're probably researching, just you know, looking for, for articles related to that. If the keyword is climate change app, then you, you have a, a different intent there because people are searching for an app they can download. It. So even That'd though be- the volume is going to be much, much lower, it's much more specific to an intent of the user.
0: We, let's say we, we go and we, we search for climate change app and uh, it, it has a good, uh, good volume. What are the next steps then?
1: So the next step that we do is once we identify the keywords that we want our website to rank for, uh, we start doing an on-page audit. On-page audit basically means that we look at the technical part of the website to make sure that it's working hand-in-hand with the keyword uh, that we selected for a specific page. So usually we select one top page for, for a, sorry, one top keyword for each page, but we also have like additional or secondary keywords that could rank for that a specific page. So we make sure that the meta tags are in place, that the H1 tags are in place, uh, general you know mm. configuration that includes uh, that keyword. And then we do a content audit to make sure that the content we have on, on the website or on that specific page is good enough to rank for that. Uh, with for that key phrase so mm. if if you probably have enough content but it doesn't mention the keyword or any variations of the keyword then you may need to optimize that piece of content so that's that's the second part first make right. sure that, te- that that the technical part of the SEO is there and then do a content audit to make sure that you have good content to attract traffic for
0: that keyword mm-hmm. so you said that you have a keyword for each page of, of the website. So what does that mean? You you have one keyword for the homepage, one keyword for the blog, or do you have the same keyword for all the pages?
1: No. So usually how it works is that you need to focus on one. Let's not call it a keyword. Let's call it a topic. You usually have one topic right. for each page. So for I'll give you an example. Probably it'll be easier to understand with mm-hmm. my example. So I have uh, the SEO tool. The keyword SEO tool that I use for catlinks, I want to rank for that on the homepage, but I also have the feature pages, which talk about the different features that I have in the software. For example, one of the features is the rank tracking tool. So rank tracking tool would be the top keyword for that page that talks about that feature. And then within that same page, I'm going to mention other related keywords. Uh, about rank tracking so i can cover the topic a little bit wider so variations of the same keyword so ba- that's mm. basically how you do it you have one top keyword plus the related keywords all of them targeting each of the pages cuz mm. usually you don't have a bunch of pages talking about the same thing uh it's it's related but right. each right. page right. usually should have its own in, its, its own topic or top and secondary keywords
0: very interesting and uh then you said that the technical part of it is then the H1 tags, the meta tags, all of these that we can easily search online. And, exactly. Uh, we have to adapt those to the topic, right? So let's say you have SEO for your homepage, your H1 tags will have SEO in it, right? And uh, the same with the meta tags.
1: Exactly. So so one of the most basic suggestions is that uh, you first you, you're going to determine, as I said, what your top keyword is. Then you need to make sure that that top keyword is mentioned in your page title, and your H1 tag. Mm-hmm. And you can use the variations of that top keyword or the secondary keywords that are related to the top keyword. You can use them within the content or in the H2 and H3 tags, but they have to be mentioned, you know, throughout the page. So mm-hmm. the topical relevancy is increased and Google understands clearly what the topic of that page
0: is about. Got it. Got it. What is a secondary keyword or a related keyword?
1: So it's a keyword that it's not exactly your your, your th- the same keyword that you're targeting for your top one. So let's say that you're creating a CRM software. So maybe CRM software is your top keyword, but then you have secondary keywords like CRM software cost or CRM implementation or, or, C- or, or right. CRM system, like variations of your top keyword that kind of mean the same thing or are directed to the same thing, but it's not... Um, in other words, it's other ways how people search for the same thing.
0: Right, got it. And you also come up with these secondary keywords using uh, for instance cat links and using the volume search. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, got it. Alright, so now you you've done that to to the website, everything is streamed, the H1 tags, everything to the to the to the related keywords. What what are the, the next Is this already a big step? Is this something that will start helping a lot in uh, ranking on Google or there there are still other steps that you have to take?
1: No, there are other steps. For example, um, one of the big things that also have to be taken care of, for example, are the backlinks. So backlinks, as you probably know, they're a signal to Google that your website is an authority on a certain topic. So if Google finds mentions of your website in other websites which are related to your same topic, then that helps increase your authority mm-hmm. within Google or your page rank, how Google calls it. And that helps you also rank higher. So usually you can see pretty good results just with the first steps, which is the on-page audit, the, the, and the content optimization. you can see a lot of improvement. But for really competitive topics, you need to you, you need to work on your backlinking so you mm-hmm. can improve your authority.
0: Um, and, and by the way, how do we measure the if it's working or not? Because for me, I will, well, I obviously sometimes I go and search on Google, and, and try to see if, if I rank on the first, in the first page. But is there like a tool? Can Catlinks help me to see how good I'm am, am I ranking on Google?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's the rank tracking tool. So when you log into Catlinks on the on the left side menu, you have the rank tracking tool, mm-hmm. and then you can add keywords. And how our system works is depending on your ranking frequency that you set up, which is uh, daily, weekly, or monthly. Uh, Our software will check where your website is ranking for each of the keywords that you add. So that way you can see how good your website is ranking and how the ranking is improving. And also if one keyword is not improving or it's actually going down, then that'll give you an idea of what you need to work on or what type of content you need to add. So that's what the rank tracking tool helps you to do.
0: Right. Right. Okay, got it. Does it change by market so I can be ranking really well in Portugal, but not so well in Mexico?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It does. It does because you have different levels of competitors as well. So Mm -hmm. the ranking has to do a lot with competition. So how strong is your competitors? Uh, How strong are your competitors? That's going to define also how easy or complicated it's going to be to rank. So different countries will also mean different uh, ranking potential, different competitors. So yeah, that's why usually the rank tracking works on a per country basis. So you have to select your country Mm -hmm. and that's how we pull the data from the searches if they were done from within the country. Right.
0: So, so far we used cat links to determine the right keywords. Then we adjusted the, um, the pages, the H1 tags to be related to our keywords. We track it using also cat links in, uh, to make sure that we are going in the right direction. And now we are talking about backlinks. And uh, you, you said that it's it's kind of a way for Google to see that your website is an authority on that topic. Can we just exchange uh, links so I link to your website and you link to my website, and that kind of helps, or Google detects that?
1: So if we go down to the definition of Google wants. No, you can't do that. So Google doesn't want anyone to manipulate any kind of, of, of uh, search results with backlinks. So uh, according to Google rules, you shouldn't be creating backlinks. With that said, everyone does it, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the only way to, to really make the, the ranking move up. Uh, you you can wait for it to happen organically. So what Google suggests and what, what you can do is just create a killer piece of content, share it on social media, cross your fingers and hope that someone with a website wants to share it or mention yeah. you, and then you get a backlink. So that's one way of doing it, but it's like a really long way to get that done. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, but, it but you know, but you, there's you a lot of competition. Know. Yeah. You need so, to kickstart mm-hmm. it some way. Yeah. So one of the things that we suggest is that when you start a new website or you haven't done any, any link building, start up with foundational backlinks. So foundational backlinks are easy to get backlinks that you can, uh, as I said, get pretty easily, and that will start, you know, boosting your your page rank, your authority, because you have other websites pointing to you. Uh, it's important to make sure that the websites are reputable, not spammy websites, not websites that do, uh, of, you know, shady uh, backlink sharing, stuff right. like that. And so you can, you just have to be careful with that. But but those are are, that's the easiest way to get started with building links. Now, uh, again, I don't want this to seem like a commercial or an ad, but within CatLinks, we have a section called Backlink Opportunities where we show up. Right now, I think we have a list of uh, about 80 and we're trying to grow it faster. Mm-hmm. But we have about 80 websites that you can go and sign up and you get a link for, for a specific, you know, uh,
0: for your website. But which kind of websites are those? Is like uh, social media, like Twitter or indie No.
1: Hackers? Well, yeah, Indie Hackers is on the list. Twitter is not. Uh, Twitter does not provide direct links. So the links that you put on Twitter, if you've noticed, those links are redirected through a t.co domain. Yeah. So it doesn't work as a backlink. So, but you, but yeah, exactly. Since right now our focus or our our main main uh, user base is related to SaaS software development, digital products, most of the uh, opportunities that we're listing there are related to that. So yeah, Product Hunt, Indie Hackers, Startup Base—it's it, a list of, of websites where you can get some backlinks pretty mm-hmm. easily. Most of them for free, and that'll kind of help you kickstart. Now, will that help you rank for highly competitive keywords? Probably not. But that's how you you can mm-hmm. get started—you know, getting backlinks. Now, once you have your foundational backlinks there, then you can start working on more advanced strategies, like for example, cold outreach. You can reach out to websites and pitch your content and hoping they can, you know, um, mention you on their articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a website already covers, like, the top 10 climate-changing apps and, and they don't list you, well, you can
0: reach out and, and right. suggest your yeah. website. So that's another I've way I've tried that, Roberto, to be honest, but I... It's hard. I, it's really, re- yeah, re- it's really hard to get a, an answer back.
1: Yeah, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's it's really hard because cold emailing has a really low open rate and conversion rate. It's, it's like... Um, yeah, you're not gonna get a lot, but if you manage to do it, it's it works really good. It works really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but Is it yeah, it worth you're not. It to pay? Because I actually did that once, so I I paid I think, uh, think hundred bucks or so, or even more actually, one hundred and fifty bucks for someone to write a blog post in their uh, blog about climate change, about change mm-hmm. it. They have a sustainability blog. And uh, I mean, to be honest, I haven't seen anything directly after the blog post being um, shared. Mm-hmm. But now actually change it is it's, uh, ranking much better. So is it worth it to actually pay this? I'm going to give you
1: the tip that I should give out. You, you shouldn't be buying links, right? Okay. That's like the official stand. You, don't, you shouldn't be buying links. You should find other ways to get them because buying links is even more against Google guidelines. So I hope Google doesn't listen to this. (laughs) But but yeah, but with that said, I'm going to say it again. I mean, people buy links. That's just how it works. So um, it's even, I mean, Google even doesn't like for us to do guest post exchange. And that's like pretty common. Uh, So so if you ask me if it's worth it, I'm not sure because backlinks are really hard to identify the return on, on the time or on the spend of money. Mm -hmm. But you don't really know how good it's working unless you notice uh, an increase on your rankings. But then you're not even sure if it was the backlink or it was because you changed the meta tag or because you made your website faster, right? Right. So it's just one of those things that you can't measure directly what was the change or if the backlink had an impact. But it definitely helps to get those backlinks. so I, I would, I'm I not sure. Personally, I don't tend to buy backlinks. I just try to find other ways or exchanges to, to get some backlinks.
0: So you, you prefer having actually exchanges when you say, okay, I will link your website and you link my website. Yeah. It that, better that's, to have that than I guess that's
1: much cleaner. That's probably much cleaner than doing the exchange of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I mean, again, I'm not judging. There's nothing wrong with doing it. I just don't do it that much. And if yeah. I ever do it, I need to do my research pretty good to make sure that the website is good, that they don't have a bunch of outback links. That means that they're not selling openly a lot of backlinks, because at cause in the end that could hurt.
0: That's, that's very interesting because I, I recently got a a proposal for uh, some someone that wanted to actually pay me to publish to basically post some their. Uh, someone else's website in the change it website. And mm-hmm. they told me they, w- they would pay using PayPal as a thanks. So they never actually said they would pay me directly. They said it's like a way of thanking me. Is it? Is that because of Google? Is that because of that?
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they don't wow. want to make it seem like they're <laughs> buying the link directly. And that's pretty common. You know, I, I, I get a bunch of emails every day of people that are asking me, so here's the deal. The, the first email that they send is like, hey, um, we have a really good piece of content that you may, may want to share on your on your website. And if I don't reply, then they send the second email then offering money for it. <laughs> so that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Um, but as I said, I, I was saying that uh, I'm not sure what issue it was, but on my newsletter on, on one of the issues, I talked about a really good way to use your, your Twitter contacts in this case, because I'm pretty active on Twitter to get some backlinks. And one of those ways is to get exchanges from people you already know. As you know, cold emailing doesn't always work. People don't reply. And it's really hard. But if 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 you know people, you can exchange uh, content with them or guest posts with them and they mm-hmm. have a link on your website and then you have another way link on, on on your website for them.
0: And Google doesn't penalize the fact that we are linking to each other. Because that's kind of easy to detect, I guess.
1: That's really easy to detect. And ideally, so when you do links, link, link exchange, ideally, you want to do a three-way. In other words, you link to website A, website A links to website B, and then B to C, and then C to A. So there's no link back from from, ah, from that. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> most of the link exchange tend to work, but it's a little, little more complicated to get three parties involved unless you have two websites for your own.
0: That's a great idea for an app, by the way. -way. Go get the domain. Go get the domain right now. (laughs) SEO (laughs) (laughs) three-way.
1: Yeah, that's that's actually a good idea. It's a good idea. (laughs) So that's kind of how it it usually, or the people who tend to link a lot, do it. If you're not linking a lot, and if you're probably just going to do it with three or four of your Twitter friends, then it's it's fine. I mean, it, it'll work because you're not linking to to exactly the mm-hmm. same page. Um, you're linking to different internal pages, and and that's that still works.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So we we spoke about initially the keywords. Now we spoke speaking about backlinks. Is there anything else that we can do that will significantly improve our ranking? Actually,
1: the thing that will most significantly improve your rankings besides having the correct content. With the right keywords, is your on-page optimization. So we we kind of mentioned it with the H1 text, mm-hmm. uh, but really a, a good on-page optimization covers like more than fifty or sixty uh, points that you need to check that your website is compliant with. Everything from um, from meta tags, from from keyword density to um, gosh, there's so many. I mean, there there are so many things like speed, like load speed, like image, like alt tags. There are a lot of things that you need to make sure that you're that are correctly configured on your website. Mm-hmm. The easiest way to do that is use an on-page tool that'll detect any issues that you have on your website and it'll tell you how to fix them. Uh, again, we do have something for that on Catlinks,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you can use you know any other uh, on-page audit tool and it'll give you a bunch of things that you can fix on your on your website. And that's like really the most common thing that comes up because unfortunately most website designers are not. SEO people, right? right? So they build websites from a visual standpoint so they look nice and so the navigation is good and everything is working, but they don't take care of the of some of the SEO uh, stuff that is required for a website to rank. So even though you, you may have a beautiful website that it looks great and people love it, it may be missing some of the basic SEO elements that need to be in place. Right. For it to get indexed and rank correctly,
0: correctly. So you can get that information using uh, cat links. Is there any other tool that maybe it's uh, free for someone that wants to do this that you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, just go to Google and search for on-page audit free on-page audit tool, and you're gonna find mm-hmm. a bunch of them. Uh, if right. you, I think, I'm not sure, but I think Uber Suggest has that feature there on their free plan. But again, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, Got it. and but but yeah, I'm pretty sure you can find a lot
0: of tools that can help you yeah. with that. What about the UI optimization? Because when I was speaking with uh, with Max, for instance, one thing that he told me is that, for instance, do change it. I have a blog post, and then I should immediately suggest the next one for the user to read. You know, you always you need to keep the user as as long as possible in your website. Is that also does that also helps rank better or not so much?
1: So, yeah, actually, uh, recently, the user experience has become uh, something that Google looks into when they're trying to rank a, a website. At the end, what Google wants is for its users to have a good search experience because they want them to use Google to search. So if Google starts providing results that did not provide a good experience, people may not want to use Google. Uh Sure, they don't have a lot of other options, but still, Google wants people (laughs) to have a good experience. I use Ecosia, actually. (laughs) Oh, really? Uh, Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I remember that one.
0: But all of these suggestions, you are still mostly focused on Google, right? You don't focus on Bing, Yahoo, Ecosia. So at the end of the
1: day, a search engine is a search engine. So everything you do to optimize for one, it's going to do it for the other one. Do
0: they have the same rules?
1: They have similar algorithms. Of course, Google is the one that has the more most complicated algorithm. That's why it's harder to rank on Google than it is in, on another on other websites or other search engines. But in the end, SEO optimization has to do with search engine optimization, not Google optimization. So if you take care of your 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 on page, your content, your keywords, your page speed, your backlinks, it's going to help you rank in any you know any search. Engine.
0: Mm-hmm. So. To do a quick summary of what I've learned in this chat. So determine which ones are the best keywords. And then there are the long long tail keywords and the keywords that are more, have a more uh, sales intent where people mm-hmm. actually want to do something about it. Then optimize each page with using uh, the H1 tags and using these, these tools that we just mentioned to make sure that everything is optimized. Mm-hmm. Then backlinks are also quite crucial. And then last but not least, trying to keep the user as much as possible in your website so that Google thinks or knows that the website is delivering actually a good experience to the user. Exactly, right? exactly, yeah. Are those kind of the basis for a good uh, SEO ranking?
1: It is, it is basically. I mean, the, the the top one is content, of course. You need to make sure that your content is good enough for Google to rank it. Now, here's where the unpaid, where, where the content audit comes in. So usually when we mention content audit, we just think that we review our own content to make sure that we have enough content, let's say 800, 1000 words of content, and then mm-hmm. that we have the keywords that we're trying to rank for inside that content. But something that not everyone does is to look at what the competitors are doing for that content. So if you search for any keyword on Google, it's a good, or if you're trying to rank on Google for any keyword, it's a good idea to actually search for that keyword or do a search for that keyword and see mm-hmm. what which are the websites that are ranking in the top 10. And then mm-hmm. go through the content, uh, try to make a list of you know the best types of content. What are you seeing? What keywords they're working on? How much content they have? That's also important. And then make sure that your content is up to par with them so you can actually have a good chance of competing. I'll mm-hmm. give you a quick example. If you want to rank for, for any keyword and you write a really good article, a thousand word article that you're really proud of, but you find out that the pages that are ranking on the first page of Google have close to 4,000 pages of content. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of word or the word count will not determine if you're going to rank. What will determine if you're going to rank is the quality of the content. But if you have 1,000 words of quality content and everyone that is ranking on the first page of Google has 4,000 words of quality content, it's going to be kind of hard to rank with your 1,000 words. right? So, so you, you need to understand also and determine in research, what are your competitors doing to rank right. for that keyword?
0: What What is missing, right? What exactly. Is missing, uh, in the content-wise.
1: Yeah, so the idea is to at least get up to the point where they are at, like match whatever they are doing and then improve upon that. And that's how you get a chance to rank for or, or mm, you know, compete for that ranking. Yeah.
0: To to conclude here, our our chat, I just wanted to... To quickly chat about what are the options for people that are not SEO experts, so there's two options, and we'll speak about uh, catlinks as well. But let's start with the agency part, right? So if you mm-hmm. go on Fiverr, there's tons and tons of people saying that they will make your website more optimized, that they will write the blog post, and uh, there's the prices vary from five bucks to <laughs> $100, 200 bucks, right? Yeah. So no one... and I, I I've Already paid five bucks or something for people on Fiverr to write blog posts. I but the thing is that I have no idea. They say that it's optimized. They show me some metrics, whatever. What should I look for in in terms of agency? In terms of maybe a freelancer helping me out, what what should be the things I I am looking for when I'm hiring someone? So
1: one of the things you should be looking is what results they are getting. Uh, so this is kind of tricky because most of them probably won't share results from their own clients. You know, uh, most of them have a, a, non, a non-disclosure agreement with clients so they can't talk about what they're doing for their clients. Mm-hmm. But some of them may have some some uh, proof or case studies of what they've done. So if you oh, can okay. get that kind of information, that works. But for me, what, what provides the best uh, proof of work is what are they doing for their own websites? So it's kind of funny that mm. a lot of people work on SEO and they don't even have a website that's ranking anyway.
0: So that's a big no-no. If they yeah, yeah,
1: if someone's trying to sell me SEO and I tell them, oh, what's your website? Oh, I don't have one, why don't you have one? <laughs> that's what you do. And if they say, oh yeah, here's my website and and then I can check, okay, what are you ranking for? Oh, I'm ranking for all of these keywords with high intent, with high keyword search volume and say, like, I can say like, okay, this guy know what he's doing because he's doing it on his own website, right. right? So that's one easy way to see if that's, if that's working. Now, if you're just looking for a content writer, for example, then you need to review the content that they've been sharing. Uh, usually they don't have a problem with sharing content that's been published elsewhere and, and just, you know, make sure that the content has good quality. If it's in a specific language that it's as native as possible to that mm-hmm. language. And they they are using uh, or, yeah, taking advantage of good keyword usage.
0: Right. What is the minimum that a bootstrapper can pay or should pay to get a quality SEO um, agency or treatment?
1: You know what? That's really dependent on the budget and even on the location of the business or the freelancer that's providing the work. So I've seen freelancers charging $100 per month that are doing excellent work. And I've seen agencies charging a thousand dollars a month that do crappy work. So it, it all depends on how much uh, you want yeah. to pay for the service and how much you want to search for someone who can provide the mm. service. Uh, so it's there's really like no no. no
0: but I specific
1: guess base point.
0: anything below fifty bucks a month or something is is kind of suspicious, isn't it? It's kind of
1: suspicious, but I wouldn't even rule it out. I mean, do your your do your 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 due diligence. Because maybe it's just someone that doesn't know how to charge for his work, but they actually do really good work. So if they can prove that they've been ranking websites and they have a personal website and it's ranking really good and you can see the work that they've been doing and they charge 50 bucks. Man, go for it. Pay pay for a couple of years in advance. So (laughs) don't put down someone just because they're not charging high enough. Mm -hmm. Because if you go to the other spectrum and then you say, oh, but I found an agency that charged 2K per month. That means they must be super good and they turn out to do really bad work. I mean, money usually is not a, a an indication of the True. quality of the True. work. True. True. It should, but it's not always the case. Yeah.
0: And the other option then is to to use a tool like catlinks And then I I kind of assume the responsibility or I take the task on my own hands and I say, okay, I'm going to do it. And I'm using CatLynx, uh as a tool that will help me. And you already described a lot of the things that catlinks Ketlinks can do for for you for the user for someone that wants to work on their SEO. What what are the prices for Ketlinks? So
1: we have the basic plan that covers one website that's $14 per month mm-hmm. and then $29 a month for three websites and $49 per month for 10 websites. So that's yeah. for, you know, people or businesses that manage a larger mm-hmm. number of websites.
0: And for $14 mm-hmm. a month, you get the what are the the basic tools you get or the most useful tools or features you get?
1: So every single plan doesn't matter if you're paying fourteen or forty nine, you get the same the same tools. You get you get the same thing. It's just that you since you can work only on one website, your usage is slower. So you get uh, a little bit less credits for keyword research and for your the number of backlinks you can manage, and um, that's basically it. Other than that, you get exactly the same tools.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, as, a, as a beginner, which ones are th- going to be the features that I will be that will be most useful for me in Ketlinks?
1: So most of the users or, or the tools that are most being used by by our users are the, the keyword tracker because you want to know where your website is ranking for on Google. Uh, the keyword research tool with, which will give you an idea of what keywords you should be ranking for and what mm. keywords you need to write content for. And also, we have, there's a, a link called, uh, sorry, a tool called the Backlink Gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're working on back, creating backlinks, you can you can uh, input your three top competitors, and it'll tell you where they have backlinks that you don't. So basically, it will find, find ah, a gap in the cool. backlinks, mm-hmm. and then you can see, oh, okay, so I don't have a backlink there, but my three top competitors do have backlinks on that website, so I need to get that backlink. Mm-hmm. So it'll give you an idea of what type of backlinks and where you should get those backlinks. Yeah. Those are pretty, pretty much what the most used uh, tools in. So keyword rank tracking, the backlink management, and the, uh, the keyword yeah. research tool. Cool.
0: I have to say, I'm super excited to to try it out. And uh, do you do you feel that you hit the nail with this product now with Catlinks? Is it performing better than the? The other tools we described in the past? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Compared to those? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I, as I said, I built it completely different because I, I when I started, I knew what features I wanted to include, but I wasn't sure if all of the features were going to be included because I didn't want to build something for myself again. So yeah. what I decided to do is just build the the software based around one feature. That one feature was the backlink manager. So we basically pulled backlinks that were pointing to your website. We showed them to you and you can categorize them and you can see what backlinks you need to create. That was the only feature that we had when we launched the beta version or the the, the MVP. And then based on user feedback, we started building the new features. So this time I did it differently. I started building based on what the users needed and wanted. Yeah. And and not every random users, users who were actually signed up to the application.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That makes total sense. Roberto, thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom. I've learned so much. It's so this was super useful. I'm sure that the, all the wannabe entrepreneurs will be delighted with the information you provided. Thank you. Thank you.
1: This was really fun. I, lo- I love talking about this.
0: Yeah, yeah, we can really feel your passion, and I think that's that's. Oh, I always love to speak with people that have this kind of passion, and uh, I will link uh, all the tools with we, uh, we described together with cat links in the description, the show notes of this episode. Is there anything else that you want to say? No, uh, I guess I guess
1: that's it. I mean, just uh, if you have a niche to learn a little bit about SEO, or if you think that it could be helpful to for you. It really is good to learn a little bit about SEO and, and you know, as I said, you can use my tool. I also recently launched a website called superseo.tips that'll ge- that will give you random SEO tips with a little video explainer of me telling you how to implement that tip or why it's good. So there are a lot of resources you can use. Uh, if you want to uh, connect or look at what I'm doing, just go straight to my website, roberto.digital. That's my website, and you can find links to my yeah. Twitter, which is where I'm mostly active, and links to my projects and everything. Yeah.
0: How many cats do you have, by the way? <laughs> oh
1: wow! Yeah. So uh, actually, I have one that is staring at me right now while I'm talking. <laughs> uh, I have nine cats. Wow! Nine here cats. inside, so inside the house, I don't let them go out. Uh, so I have nine cats that live here inside the house, <laughs> and then in the backyard, I have three dogs. Ah, and okay. every day I feed three street cats that come over for wow. food in it's the mornings of... or in the night. So I could say that I have all in all about 12 cats. And um,
0: It's almost and a zoo dogs. there.
1: <laughs> it's almost a zoo. Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Roberto. And now for the listener, I hope you had fun and learned a lot of interesting new SEO tips and tricks that you can apply in your business or startup. And Robert was kind enough to give a discount, a discount to use catlinks. And uh, this discount is available for all the members of this podcast. And uh, by becoming a member, it costs four euro per month. And you are not only supporting this podcast, but you also join our virtual co-working space for bootstrappers, a place filled with entrepreneurs from all backgrounds all over the world. And we are together building our products, giving feedback to each other. There's already great partnerships coming from that and there's also a lot of discounts so you can get not only the discount for cat links but also discount for other sas products like tweet hunter and a lot of others so you just have to go there and check it out so it's i think it's really valuable and you can really get your money back just by using the discount so if you want the link will be in the description if you want to learn more about marketing there's a lot of marketing related episodes that you can check out Just now, I released an episode where I explained the full marketing plan I did before releasing my interview with KCD Williams. There's also another episode called Meme Marketing, where Dagobert explains how to use memes to benefit you and benefit your uh, marketing plan. And there's also another one with Alexandra and she is a branding and marketing expert, and she covers the topic of marketing for bootstrappers. So a lot of things for you to check out, and uh, make sure also to share this episode with all of your entrepreneur friends. And uh, if you can, please give a nice review, because giving reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, spreads the word of wannabe entrepreneur with all the apple listeners and it's really really valuable so if you can do that i would really appreciate it all the links everything you need to know about this interview will be in the show notes so make sure to check those out this was another wannabe entrepreneur see you next time